everyone, it's Bet. I already did a welcome when I was interviewing our guest today, Keith McDonald. So I won't welcome you to the Big Bold Life podcast twice. But before we get started today, I wanted to tell you that Keith is sharing some bold perspectives on health and tips that helped him get to the best health of his life and lose over 130 pounds. Keith is also willing to be extremely vulnerable with each one of you and honest about his health journey. However, in doing that, I want to remind you that Keith and I are not medical professionals. We're not providing you medical advice. Keith is here to share his story with the hopes that it inspires you on your own. We do remind you, though, to ask more questions. Maybe just don't take everything at face value. Because on our health journey and our life's journey, it is so important to listen to our guts. Listen to our heart's voice. We do often know what is best for us. You know, I don't know what's best for you. Keith doesn't know what's best for you. Often we feel it in our gut. We feel it in our heart. I look back at times in my life where I didn't listen to my gut. I ignored my heart's voice. I was too scared. I regret those times. And so my hope is here on Living Your Big Bold Life podcast that I encourage you to listen to yours just a little bit more each and every day. So take a listen to Keith's amazing, bold story and take a listen to your heart. This is Living Your Big Bold Life podcast and I am your host, Bette Lucas. I am a mom of six crazy kids. I work as a VP in a fast-paced industry and I've been on a health journey. But what does living your big, bold life even mean? Living boldly is having the courage to finally listen and do what your heart has been trying to tell you all along. Maybe it's to take back your health, write the book, go for the job, run the race. And I'm here to help you listen to that voice and to remind you to be you boldly. The world needs you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Living Your Big Bold Life podcast. Today, I have the ultimate pleasure of welcoming Keith McDonald. And people, you know, so much of his story is going to hit home with each one of you. But Keith and I agree on a lot of things where we're kind of in the thought process of wearing that tool belt for your health and that there are a lot of different tools out there. And one of those tools is fasting. Some of that those tools are diet. Some of those tools are meditation, different exercise things. And what I hope you find here on Living Your Big Bold Life podcast is that we provide different tools, different ideas, different thought processes, bold journeys. And maybe one of those resonates with you today. Maybe one of those resonates with you tomorrow. And not everything that Keith is going to share today is going to be the tool for you. But His journey will inspire you and may cause you to think, and maybe, just maybe, one of the tools we talk about today will help you on your journey, 
or your friend, your dad, your sister, your daughter. That is really my goal here is that we continue to add to the tools that are out there for your tool belt and we help you on your unique health journey because all of our journeys are so different. And like Keith and I were talking about before this interview, my journey and his journey will look different a year from now because we want to keep learning. We want to keep adding tools, but we also want to reflect on how we got here today. And Keith's story is so impressive on many, many fronts. Yes, he has lost over 130 pounds on his health journey. Yes, he has healed multiple conditions. But you're going to hear this energy, this passion, this encouragement, and this excitement of wanting to help others on their journey. And to me, that's just as much of the victory that Keith's had as it is the weight loss and solving his health, many of his health issues. But I hope each one of you find that too, that the more we can prioritize our health, the more we can use tools that are a little bit bold at times, maybe we're able to give back more and share our journey with others and help others on their journey. Lastly, today, we're going to talk a little bit about his beautiful family. And Keith has beautiful, beautiful two little girls, and he and his wife live in Canada. And one of the areas of inspiration for Keith that he's going to share about are his daughters and his family and wanting to be as healthy for them as possible so that if they ever needed anything from from him, he would be in the strongest and best position to help them. So without further ado, let us welcome Keith. Keith, I'm so glad you're here. It's fantastic to be here. Uh, well, Keith, I know you and I could talk forever about all the amazing tools out there and all the success you've had on your journey and the passion you have around that. But maybe you can give a little bit of background for the listeners today on what led you to kind of being at a dead end on your health journey. And then we can go into kind of the tools you used to start taking steps towards healing that. So do you want to share with the listeners a little bit about your background? Yeah, sure. Happy to do that. So uh, hopefully there's going to be a lot of people that don't really know me. So I'll start, I'll start back. So I grew up I, I was actually born in British Columbia, Canada. For people that don't know that, it's on the west coast of Canada. When I was really young, my parents separated, and long story short, they divorced. So my mom had to get away from my dad as far as she could. So she moved to New Brunswick, which is on the east coast of Canada. So that's where I grew up, was in the Atlantic provinces, very maritime, kind of laid back type thing. Unfortunately, why I bring this up is we grew up pretty poor in poverty, I'll, I'll call it. And because of that, my eating habits weren't always the greatest uh, as a kid. Um, certainly a lot of macaroni and cheese, a lot of mystery noodles, a lot of the corrupt cereal companies that I fed off of, like the Kellogg's, the Post, the, all that junk food that you just don't want to touch. So inherently, I was uh, 
bigger most of my life. In fact, I would say argue all of my life. I was a bigger kid. There was uh, one time in my life where I was not, and that was uh, a starvation diet that I did that was similar to, I'll call it starvation. It was prior to learning about Atkins, and what I did is I ate tuna and mustard and bananas, and yep, I lost a lot of weight. I lost about 70 pounds. I joined the military, and that was very short-lived. So that was, um, today I'm 41. That was 20-some years ago. So just so all your listeners know, my health journey has always been going on. Um, I've always been intrigued by health. I've always been intrigued by people that are able to run because I was unable to run. I was unable to do things that were just like out of the ordinary. I always, I was one of those kids that always had to ask why. So fast forward from, I guess it'd be 1999 from the military stint and I got discharged because of a health issue. Surprise, surprise. Uh, one of my eardrums uh, actually blew out, so it was perforated. And at the time, uh, it wasn't wartime. And honestly, I joined the military. I was like, ah, I don't know if I really want to pursue it any further. So the doctor's like, well, we can honorably discharge you. I was like, well, that'll work for me because I don't really want to get it repaired. So I was 19. I was pretty depressed when I got discharged. I didn't really know what I was going to do. Uh, so I went to school. And for IT. So today I'm a cybersecurity specialist for a government organization in Canada. And I absolutely love it. I love IT, everything computers, and our bodies work identical to computers, just so that you guys know. Fast forward again after I went to school, it was back east. So it was the 2000 uh, boom, we'll call it. So world.com, people may remember there's a lot of IT companies that just crashed. And IT was not in demand. There was no jobs. So I did a lot of dead-end jobs. Didn't really know what to do. I went through a really bad spell of depression in 2007 to 2008. And this is really where I think my health journey started. But is mm-hmm. I, in 2008, what had happened is, of course, I went to the doctors. And what do they do? They prescribed me Effexor. So Effexor, just so people, if they don't know, is an SSRI drug. It's for antidepressant for people that are depressed. I took it. Within four months, I gained 90 pounds. And I actually had to stop it because I turned out that I was highly allergic to it. And I broke out in really bad hives. And of course, the doctor's answers at that time were, we don't know why you have hives. And I said, well, I know why. I listened to my body. And I said, it's this medicine. So I stopped it. Cold turkey right then and there. And was that hard? Yeah, you bet it was. But that's the big, bold move I made that you talk about, Bet, is where where is it in your life you make these big, bold moves? And that was my move where I said, this is enough. I got to gain control back of my life. I can't let the doctors keep telling me, oh, do this. Here's a medicine to fix this. Here's a medicine to fix that. It's never really worked. So, of course, the effects are stopped. Then I tried some other drugs, gained a little bit more uh, weight after that because I was on Prozac. Of course, I was on Cialis. I was on Viagra because nothing was working. So it turned out my testosterone was super low too. It was near zero. 
which was huge. So fast forward a little bit again to, to 2013. So I, I got married in 2010. I won't get into the super history of that. But 2013, my first daughter, Kalani, she was born. Amazing. So really what happened to me again, run through the medical system yet again. And uh, I went to work and I kind of, I broke out in this rash known as petechiae. So petechiae is when your platelets go to pretty much zero. I didn't know what was happening to me. The doctors didn't know. And of course, they wanted to remove my spleen. And people are probably like, well, what does spleen have to do with that? Well, my spleen was collecting all of my platelets. And they wanted to remove it because it's three times the size of the normal. And they called it idiopathic. And I was like, okay, well, that doesn't make sense. Being in computers, in my mind, nothing has a no reason. There's always a reason for something. So, of course, I looked straight at the internist doctor who was like the doctor house at the time, said, no, you're not removing my spleen. We're going to figure this out. <laughs> and, I love that. I love that. You're like, no, I need to, I, I think there's a reason. Like, and, right. and what I think you're saying is so similar to so many guests I've had where they're like, no, I just knew, like I knew some, there was something else going on. And in fact, in my episode two weeks ago, I was just talking about that we've got to listen to our gut. We've got to listen to that that voice and advocate for ourselves in those moments because it's not that the that our physicians are always wrong or it's not that the, that people are trying to mislead us. It's just a lot of times we know our body the best. And I think that's what you, you knew something just didn't feel right about, well, my spleen is completely enlarged, so let's just get rid of it. No, you wanted to find what the heck was causing my spleen to be so enlarged? Yeah, and to collect my platelets because it just didn't make any sense because platelets are for blood clotting. So, of course, if you have no blood clotting, you get caught. It's almost like a hemophiliac. You'll just bleed to death. So it can be quite dangerous for some other things. So that being said, I took two weeks off. So my employer at the time was really good because I was like super stressed. And just so you, everybody knows, I am a hypochondriac by nature. I do keep it pretty much under control. I know that it's an issue for myself. So I guess it's a blessing in disguise as well. So those two weeks I took off. My daughter, she was about a month and a half old or so. And in those two weeks, all I did, I'm not kidding, the entire time for 16, 20-hour days, I researched what the heck is wrong. And I actually ended up linking that uh, myself with celiac. So it turned out that it was gluten. Within two weeks of cutting out gluten, uh, my platelets got restored and my spleen got restored. And two during, weeks. Time, during two that time, weeks. yeah, two weeks, two weeks. Wow. During that time, I started also yoga and meditation. So here's the thing that really helped me with that toolbox is not only did my research help, I couldn't read with a damn, that's a whole nother thing, but brain fog. So I had to read some of these articles like five or six times just to retain the information, which was just unbelievable. Um, when I told the doctor, I said, look, I think I know what it is. Uh, he's like, well, maybe let's do blood work. And then he looked, he's like, 
okay, you're, this doesn't make any sense. I'm like, well, that's, here's what it is. And I showed them all the articles, PubMed articles, everything, because really it turns out that it's leaky gut. Leaky gut, as you probably know about that, can be associated with so many different things with the celiac and can affect the blood, which is very, it's just a, it's a dangerous thing. So in that time, that's why I said I brought up the meditation and yoga. Those were also in my toolbox. We talk about toolbox a lot. And that's where I learned meditation is I, I think it's important to dive deep into your, into yourself and use that where you can use yoga because when your joints are really, really sore, it just helps. It's like a massage in itself. And I was, I was quite big at that time. So I was just shy over 300 pounds. And two years later, so fast forward two years later, after that little stint in 2015, I was able to get myself down to 287 pounds in 2015. So fast forward again. <laughs> so because I've gone through so many different things, I won't go into every single health condition because I have so many. During that time frame from 2008 all the way to 2019, I was taking testosterone shots. So for those people that don't know, testosterone, yep, just like what you hear of, bodybuilders and stuff taking, I was prescribed it because my testosterone was near zero. In 2019, July 28, 2019, I kind of, that was, I, I know the date exactly, and I can relive the exact day. It was probably about 12.06 in the afternoon at my friend's. Yes, I, I am a weird guy like that. I track the time. I took a bite of a hamburger. I knew that within 10 seconds that there's wheat in that burger. Oh. <laughs> and, oh. Yeah. The, the, the attack that you get from celiac, picture having the flu for sometimes, it can be a day. That's fine. So it depends on how bad it was or the severity and how much wheat was there, different brands, different things. Sometimes it's six weeks. So you get really sick and you just feel like crap. Uh -huh. So I was like, that's it. I said, I'm done. I'm done eating. I actually said that to my friend at the time. I said, I'm done. I can't eat. I'm done. I don't want to feel like this. And that's kind of where my real enough and what, where my big moment of change came was that day. And the universe, I believe the universe works in magical ways for me. I'm a thrift store hunter and I, I like to, I've always liked to browse books, but I never would actually buy a book because I just wouldn't, I wasn't able to read the books. And there was actually a book there, Dr. Fong Guide to Intermittent Fasting. I was like, oh, I, you know what? I'm fasting because I'm not eating. So why don't I just learn about it? And that's kind of where my story really began of just going really crazy into my health journey and taking my passion that I have for a whole new level for myself within so July five months that my testosterone, guess what? 100% restored. Oh my gosh. That is, I mean, 
That alone, Keith, like you've had so many amazing turning points on your journey and healings on your journey that like, do you know, I mean, I, I wish I had the figure right now and I probably should have had that prior to our interview, but do you know how many people out there suffer from low t- low T and they're taking the shots and That's they're right. kind of suffering, I don't know, in silence, but there, there's definitely like this huge amount a huge amount. And I, I should get that figure before this episode launches. And the fact that in five months you healed it now. And, and what day was that Dr. Fung book or what year was that? What year? 20, was that? 20, 2019. It was actually in the thrift store and it was a guy. And the fact that it was in the thrift store, I mean, right there, like staring you at the vase. So you take home this book, you've had this like celiac hamburger moment where you're like, to hell with this. Like I have <laughs> got to figure this out and yeah. hear this book. Like it's there. And you, so you start fasting and you start following, you know, what Dr. Fung is, is saying in this book. And in five months you ho- you heal your low T. What, what were you doing at that time? What did your fasting look like? And what did, what were you doing? in that time? Were you losing weight too? Were you seeing other things or was it really, you were just noticing healing going on? Definitely lost weight. So I went from two, 287 to in the uh, high 220s. Wow. So like 50, 60 pounds, something like that. So it was definitely huge. And I was not at all expecting my blood work because uh, when you have low testosterone, you take the androgel, you take the shots, um, you have to go in for blood work. And in fact, I had a standing blood order, but I just I had got lazy to go. So I went in to go get checked. And that's when my doctor called me and said, like, what's going on? Because he didn't understand why I was high. But it brings me to a whole nother, a whole nother topic of that as well, but which is interesting. So I got run through Yet again, the medical system. My uh, two two of my hormones and my pituitary gland stop functioning. <laughs> so, oh. FSH and LH, so follicle stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone, they're hypogonad hor- hormones, and that was at that blood work as well. And I was like, well, this this doesn't make any sense either. Mm-hmm. So it turns out in long story short, uh, that got corrected as well. So there, there's other, there's so many things at play and my fasting schedule was very lazy fair in that five months. Like I, I kind of started out as the first week I was like, like the incredible Hulk. Of course I, w- I was going to go crazy and I went to like 19, 20 hours, but and really reality set in. It's like, yeah, I miss food too much. But because celiac, uh, I followed the diet known as a specified carbohydrate diet. I was also paleo. I was also keto. I did a mixture of all of them. So I think the combination of the strict diet that I was on and the fasting really pushed it to a whole new level. And you'll hear people talk about uh, one thing that people will say, and they'll call it, is an appetite correction bet. I'm not. Okay. Sure you've heard that term? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So what I actually believe it is, what I've come to learn, is I think it's actually a correction of leptin 
resistance. So that's a big thing coming up that people should certainly go research. And you heard terms of other hormones being resistant. Leptin is a really nasty one. And I think for me, that probably got corrected within two to three weeks. And that's probably what helped me a lot to get through the fasting piece. Being not so stressed out because I wasn't getting attacked got me out of it. So I had lower cortisol levels, which is also huge. So there's just so many things. At the time, I also was uh, doing yoga. I was doing infrared sauna. That was huge. So I didn't stop. I didn't start with just one thing in my toolbox. So when I say I'm a faster, that's true. But I'm also so many other things that I add because it's important to have, like, if you have a garage, which some people do, you likely have a toolbox. You know, some of these tools you may not ever touch for like a year or two years, but you have them for the just in case. And this is what I do is I have so many tools for, okay, just in case I need it, I know how to use it. I know what to do. I know when to use it. So I'm constantly changing my toolbox. The one thing that changes doesn't change for me today, and I say that with a stress word, doesn't change today, is my fasting toolbox. I fast every single day since July 28th. I have not missed a single fast. My shortest fast has been 16 and a half hours. I love that. And I love that analogy too, because like I said earlier, very few people in this world can operate with just one tool. Mm -hmm. And that applies to our health journey, our family journey, our career journey, whatever you want to call it. And I think, you know, it might upset some people that are diehard fasters out there. They may not like, well, you're saying that you can't just intermittent fast or you can't just fast. And that's not, but at the end of the day, if you talk to most people that are progressing on their health journey, they're not just using the tool of intermittent fasting. They're not just, they are using other tools that have worked for them. And most people cannot just eat whatever they want. Most people cannot just sit on a couch all day and intermittent fast and be at their most prime health or feel the best. It, it, they can't. Now, can they make progress? Sure, most definitely. But there are times where they get to a point and they stall or they have issues. It's the same with alcohol. I see this all the time. They People have alcohol in their window, myself included at times. And yet at some point, some people usually need to reduce it or reflect on their alcohol use because it does get away in the way. And I think that's what you're explaining so well. Uh, on your journey is that, yes, fasting is a huge component of your success. Huge. It is a huge daily practice for you. However, you are implementing so many new tools that are also helping you heal these other conditions that you've had. And maybe you would have lost weight if you only would have fasted and maybe you would have healed some of them, but would you have healed them to the degree that you did? Maybe not. Would you have stuck with fasting if you didn't have these other tools? Maybe not without your yoga, meditation. Uh, So I love that you're sharing about these other things that are working for you and have helped you along your way because 
I think sometimes we as humans think there needs to be just one thing. And I don't think it's always as simple as that, right? I wish it was, but <laughs> it's it's not always as simple as that. So also, before we keep going on your journey, I do love your mention of, of leptin uh, and cortisol because I think what a lot of times I saw in my journey is that when my stress was high, which is cortisol, when my eating wasn't as good and I was probably running at higher insulin levels in my body, I was hungrier. And I guess I almost want to share that out there with people because I think some people think something's wrong with them. So they're stressed out and they're hungry and they're, they're wanting to snack all of the time. People, that, that is that is your cortisol levels in a lot of ways. And, and then there's the leptin component. And I think too many people don't realize that there are other things in play often making you hungry and making you continually unhealthy and getting more and more unhealthy. And when you're taking these steps to heal that, it's helping you become less hungry. That's why when you talk to someone who is lower stress, they're, they're eating less bottom line. And you're talking to the person who's totally stressed out to the, the hilt. They're not only eating more, but they're often holding on to that weight. Their body isn't letting go of weight very well because it's, it's maxed out. It's just totally stressed. And so I think that those two things that you highlighted are so key. Yeah, there's four. So there's actually in my in my mind, Pat, there's four very prime. I call them primary hormones in the fasting world. That unfortunately, there's only one that's really talked about a lot, and that's the insulin. But we have insulin, we have leptin, we have ghrelin, and then we have cortisol. So leptin, of course, is your satiating hormone that tells your body, "Hey, I've had enough food. Stop." So it's like, okay, so. For me, sometimes it'll happen where I'm just like, oh, I need to eat, eat, eat. And then my stomach just like tightens up. It's like somebody just punched me in the stomach so hard. That's your leptin going crazy and just saying no more. The gremlin, that's that's the hormone that says, feed me, Seymour. Just like on that uh, movie, Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> yes, I was just thinking of that when you said that. I was like, I could totally envision it. Feed me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's gremlin. So that's what that'll do. Cortisol, what cortisol can do if it's high, and what some people may not know, is it will actually cause your insulin to spike. If your insulin spikes, it'll cause your gremlin to spike as well. And then you're going to want to eat. So that also leads me to another thing that I've done that, that is even crazier, is I've since, so I'm, I'm fast forwarding quite a bit because I've done so many things, like I've corrected my fatty liver. So one here's here's one thing that I really have to touch base on. I ha- I just have to say it. Okay. Okay. If you're a listener out there, and your doctor told you in the last few years, oh, your liver enzymes are elevated. You probably have a fatty liver. Don't worry. It's non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Don't worry. You know what? Stop what you're doing. Call your doctor. Tell him he's an idiot. Because <laughs> fatty liver, fatty liver will eventually kill you. And 
I'm sorry to be blunt, but it will. I had it. It was really bad. It was moderate. It screwed me up horribly. And when you're at fatty liver, you're probably getting near like really bad stages. And I, I don't want to put it to a crazy, scary term, but it should be. It's a really big, I'm going to use Dr. Ken's, uh, Dr. Ken Berry's term that he used on your last podcast, but it's a big damn deal. Yeah. So you need to get it fixed. And I had it and I did not take it seriously. And I didn't take it seriously because it wasn't told to me that it was a big deal. And I really wish it was because I probably could have done something sooner about it. I'm 41 today and I lived with it for 15 years of not knowing. I didn't know. So if you don't know it's a problem, how do you know? If the people that are advocating for us in our healthcare system don't tell us, how do we know? You know, we have to get the message out to, sadly, to the doctors that, hey, if your patient has fatty liver disease, maybe there's a problem. Maybe you shouldn't ignore it. Maybe we should look at what is causing this. I'm no doctor, but I do read a lot of articles. I'm a psychotic, one of those worst patients that the doctors see coming in, and they just don't want me in there because I read every article known to man, and that's just what I do because I I need to. It's in my passion, it's in my blood to research things. So fatty liver, if you guys have it, start fasting right now because that's what will really help you start eating properly, right? So look up The Lies My Doctor Told Me by Dr. Ken Berry, and that will certainly change your life. I just wanted to add that bit. No, I think that's huge. And, you know, Roxy Moreno was on our show uh, uh, quite a few podcasts ago, and she had fatty liver. And fasting has dramatically uh, healed her fatty liver. Hmm. And I think your advice is is so powerful because there are a lot of people that are being told it's not a big deal because it's non-alcoholic fatty liver. And uh, there is a reason fat is accumulating on your liver, and it's not a good thing. We don't want fat accumulating on uh, that part of our body and and a lot of part of our bodies because it's a sign of something is wrong. And and I love now that you have you've healed that. So now let's uh, let's jump forward a little bit yeah. to today. And sounds like, you know, we, we have listeners that follow all sorts of different eating lifestyles and things that work for their body, but you know, you're obviously gluten-free. You, you fast every day, at least 16 and a half hours since July. And would you say you follow more of a higher protein diet? What, what would you, how would you... uh, kind of classify how you eat and and what you drink and don't drink. Okay, so as of today, so yeah, I'm not going to go into history because I, I've changed so many times. It seems like every month my schedule changes. Right. But as of right now, the diet that I'm on is a carnivore diet, uh, very similar. I can't call it the lion diet yet, but I the only meat that I consume is beef. So I have hamburger, I have steak, and of course I do butter. That's how I cook my stuff in. I have salt, I have pepper, 
I have eggs and I have a little bit of old cheese. And that's the only thing I'm consuming. And I'll tell you something, Bet. Being celiac and having so many digestive complications over the years, let's talk about something that people are always uncomfortable talking about, poop. Yep, (laughs) yep, I love it. Let's do it. I would poop, I'm not kidding, five to eight times a day sometimes. And it was just ridiculous. Like I would look in the toilet, I would see my broccoli, I would see my vegetables because I wasn't digesting the food. Something was wrong. It was my enzymes that just weren't processing properly. And then in the discovery on my health journey, I discovered, well, actually, it's not. It's because I'm not meant to process these foods. I switched to carnivore, I think it's about 45 days ago. And it's like fantastic. I don't need to worry about where's all the public bathrooms or go on a drive and be like, what am I going to do or carry toilet paper around? because I go like a normal person now. I feel amazing. So that's why I do carnivore. So if people aren't familiar with carnivore, look it up. There's so many doctors out there. Uh, I don't know if I can mention any names, Bet. Is that okay on your podcast? Yes, no problem at all. Go ahead. Okay, so uh, Dr. Paul Saladino is definitely a carnivore fan. I've read his book, The Carnivore Code. Dr. Sean Baker, Meet Our Ex, he's pretty amazing as well there's a lot of peers though is what i use for my resources i i use the books but more for information like a reference article i don't follow any one single book so tomorrow am i gonna be carnivore i don't know so i kind of call myself a keithivore i eat what i want and what i feel like if that makes any sense hey friends it's bet If you are enjoying today's podcast, I really hope you will join me every week for what I hope you find are inspiring interviews and bold content on topics like family and career and health. And can I also ask you a favor? Can you press that subscribe button and write a review if you like what you hear today? By doing those things, you are helping me get the word out. And I truly would be ever, ever so grateful. It also allows you to be the first to know when new content arrives. So please subscribe today. Now let's get back to our guests. I think it's amazing. I love how you are showing people that this is what you're doing today. And this is how you're feeling today. And it's so refreshing to hear when someone isn't like, this is how it is. This is how it's always going to be. This is how it always will be because it's not true, right? It's not. And now it may be the potentials there. Sure. You could still be doing carnivore in 20 years. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But right now that is what's working for you. And I want to emphasize something to someone who's listening who may be vegan or might be paleo or whatever. What is refreshing about Keith's perspective is is he's sharing what's working for him. And he's telling you, if you have these symptoms, maybe you should think about it. But he's not assuming that it's the best fit for you either. And But I think you also are pointing to something that your amount of poop was problematic. And there there was a reason behind it. Just like your spleen. There was something to explain it. And I think there are a lot of people out there that 
their body may not be agreeing with what they're eating. And just like you're fasting, you're having to look at what you're, what you're eating. What about what you, what today, what liquids do you uh, drink? And is there anything you kind of stay away from or have found it doesn't work? So today, today, the only thing I drink is water. (laughs) And do you think water, I think that's great. Do you think just drinking water, do you think that makes your fasting easier? Like, were you ever a coffee drinker <laughs> at any point? Yes. Yeah, so I, I was a coffee addicted. Like I would, yeah, I was addicted to coffee. Even when I started fasting, fat, like coffee was my go-to for shutting down my hunger. It was huge. But I dealt with one major uh, gap in there, which isn't dealt with, was I had major anxiety, like, just crazy and i didn't know how to fix it and caffeine just had to go so january 25th of this year i stopped caffeine i stopped coffee and all the only thing i fast with now is water the only thing i drink today is water i don't have herbal tea i don't have anything because i don't want any kind of either insulin response or i don't want a cortisol response either which caffeine can do. In fact, Dr. Fung will talk about it. I think his stat is a 3.8% increase in cortisol. That may not sound like a high number bet, but what if you already have a stressful job like yourself or like me, you have six kids like you or two kids like me, and you have health issues among those. So if your cortisol is already raised by, say, 25%, it's 3.9% on that already 25%. Do the math. Totally. I, I you know, I think I really want to hone in here because yeah. for a lot of people, and myself included, coffee instead of water or sparkling water or green tea or hot water, whatever, is the go-to drink when they're fasting. Mm-hmm. And I think you pointed out two things that I really want people to sit and reflect on. Number one, do you have sleep or anxiety issues? And if you do, caffeine and coffee may not be your friend. And I don't know if you heard this on a prior episode, Keith, but my husband gave up coffee and he was not a huge coffee drinker. Couple cups a day, big cups, but you know, and always done by noon. Mm-hmm. And he's a horrible sleeper. Never has been a good sleeper for as long as I known him. And he gave up coffee, and it wasn't actually because of uh, his sleep. Never correlated the two because he didn't drink all that much, and it wasn't like he was drinking all day. I would never have labeled him this big coffee drinker. Keith, his sleep improved dramatically. Like I could even hear it in his breathing. And I would call my husband a more high energy person in terms of he's not the chatty Kathy I am, but he is never sitting still. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if it just played with the wrong parts of his brain in a lot of ways. And so I, I hope listeners out there, if you're struggling with stress, high cortisol levels, anxiety, or sleep issues, you might want to let go of your beloved coffee. And that doesn't apply to everybody, but I think 
Keith's pointing out something that might be a light bulb moment for some people out there. Yeah, no, one, 100%. Um, yeah, they, there's just, there's so many in the, in this health lifestyle. Now that I'm on this crazy health journey that I'm on, Beth, there, there's so many hundred million things that I want to talk about. And I, I know I sent them all to you and I just, I want to touch base on everything, but I just, I can't. And to me, that's kind of disservice that I feel like that I'm doing to people. But I want people to know you got to make a stand for yourself and you have to stand up for yourself because nobody else is going to do it for you. And if they do it for you, it's in their best interest. So you have to stand up for yourself for what you want. I've corrected so many health things, not only on myself, but here, here's the thing that I've learned is that I'm also an advocate for my two daughters. So I'm going to bring into this because I know at the beginning that you told your listeners they'd hear about my kids. So I really want to bring this. I really want to bring this up because it's a good uh, point of passion that people need to know. I see myself. I don't know if people, maybe you've seen this movie or not, that Lorenzo's Oil. You ever see that movie? Oh my gosh. Is that with Susan Sarandon? I'm trying to remember. No, no, I'm horrible at names, but. Lorenzo Zoyle, essentially his kid had some issues and he became like a study research nut. Like he was always at the library, just researching like a madman. My youngest daughter, so Zantea is her name. She's five today. And because I am a research nut, it actually paid off really well for myself. She was born in 2015. So this 2015 is actually, as I told the listeners out there, that's kind of where I had another weight loss moment. I started that all, you know, I lost like 30 or 40 pounds. They still have my issues, like the brain fog and all that other stuff. But they had, uh, she was born, she had a few complications. The day of that she was born, my wife pointed out to the doctors on her but that there's this weird dimple. Was, of course, being me, I'm like, oh, no, you're just being paranoid, mom. So, okay, fine. We go home a few days later. Well, Zantea wasn't really breastfeeding very well. So we hire a lactation consultant, try to get her to eat. September, she was born. September 1st. She wasn't gaining any weight in October. She, I think she gained maybe half a pound. So she was like under 10 pounds. Okay. We kept going back to the doctor to see, hey, there's something wrong, something wrong. And of course, I'm not on my wife's side. That was a mistake that I did. That was a mistake. I, I will say that publicly to the world. I made a mistake. I didn't listen to my wife. That, that was stupid. But that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother thing. I started to finally see it in December where I looked at pictures of her and she looked like she was on death doors, which she was. She was quite small. She wasn't breastfeeding. She wasn't eating. Finally, I listened to my wife that there's something wrong. So not only do you not have to listen to your own gut, 
You have to listen to the people that are close to you. Listen to their gut. Don't just ignore them. So somebody's telling you something, don't ignore it. Because I did that, and that was a mistake. And I try not to do that today. So finally, I went into the appointment with the same passion that I have for myself today, that I have today, this passion. And this is where I carry it forward. I told the doctor, there's something wrong. We're not leaving until we figure this out. So he admitted her into the hospital. She was in the hospital for three weeks. It turned out that she had a really long story short, a UTI infection of E. coli the whole time. So they didn't know because she was young. She, why would she have an E. coli infection? That doesn't make any sense. So it didn't make any sense to me either. And they were just going to discharge us. And I said, no, there's more to it. There's definitely uh-huh. And my wife knew that there was more as well. And this is where we discovered was Antea. We ended up at the children's hospital. They discovered all sorts of issues with her. She has a condition called sacral agenesis. Uh, this is like, I call it type 1.5. There's different stages of it. Essentially, on her body structure, she's missing half of her sacrum. She has a unilateral kidney, so she has one kidney. That's not really a big deal. But at the base of her spine, she has this fatty like tumor on her spine. And what is encased in that is all the nerve endings. So you just picture a spine, then you have all the nerves that go out to like the legs, the feet, the bowels, the bladder. Well, all those nerves are kind of bundled up into this little fat mass. They wanted to remove it. And my gut said no. But my wife, who's an RN, kind of looked at me like I'm crazy. Like, you're arguing with a neurosurgeon here? Like, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. I, I just, I don't agree with this. So we got a second opinion. That second opinion said the same thing. I still didn't agree with it. But third opinion, I still didn't agree with it. Finally, I got a fourth opinion. He's the top doctor of the world for these. And he sided with me and he said, absolutely, don't touch this thing. Like, are you guys crazy? Because had they touched it, she would be paralyzed today. I'm almost certain of that. I can say that with 100% certainty that she'd be paralyzed. She wouldn't be walking. So always listen to your gut, no matter what. And listen to the people around you that are close to you. Because when you don't listen to them, you kind of, we're like birds. You know, I'll bring this up because it's really neat. Deepak Chopra talks about it in some of his books. Birds, they fly in synchronicity, right, Bet? Mm-hmm. So you'll always have like a lead bird in the front. When that bird gets tired, another bird takes lead. They're all going in the same direction. So we need to act like the rest of the animal kingdom and start taking lead. And when we're tired, let somebody else take a lead. And that's where I went wrong. So yes, so those listeners know I do read a lot of books. Deepak is a, a whole nother thing. But it turns out that I fought for my daughter as well. I didn't fight just for me. She does amazing now. She still has issues. But out of all that, she has a condition called the serical reflex, where the urine, if she gets infected in her bladder, it goes right up to her kidney. And at five, she already has damage done to her kidney. 
I don't know how much, but there definitely is damage. Is it pretty high? Yeah, it's pretty high. Uh, there's been discussions on future possible kidney transplant. So I took that to heart that I got to do something. But in 2015, of course, I was too big. I couldn't. What am I going to do? I, I was too obese as a dad to be able to do anything. I wouldn't be able to donate my own kidney because I just was not healthy. Uh-huh. So Zantea has become, I'll say this, one of my why moments. I have many whys, but she certainly is a why. And she's why I have a passion to do what I do, because what I will do for her today, and I, what I can gladly say with a put my foot down, I will give her one of my kidneys, whether that's next year, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, it doesn't matter to me. So I will stay healthy. And this is why I don't have caffeine, because if that does any sort of damage to my body, that'll affect her. I don't want that. So that's the best mm-hmm. gift that I can give as a father. You know, I will make sure that I'm healthy for my daughter. And that's why I eat carnivore today. Tomorrow I might not, but I have to heal my leaky gut, which I know that I have. And I still have it. I have some microbiome issues for sure. So it's important for you people to listen out there, everybody to listen. What works for you today is may not work for you tomorrow. But you have to be able to know to find these tools and figure out what it is. So back to your question a few minutes ago about fasting, I'm going to cause uproar in the fasting community. You know what, Bet? A lot of these fasters are using so many tools, they just don't know it. It's not labeled as a tool. Uh-huh. I use other tools. So my why is a tool that I use to capture these other tools. Recently, I amazing podcast, episode 34, Michaela Peterson. I've listened to it about 25 times now. It's with Wim Hof. I got really big into cold therapy now, into breath work. And my meditation practice has just scaled through the roof. I read now like there's no tomorrow. I can go through two to three books a week easily because I don't have brain fog. And one thing that really opened up that is really neat that people don't talk about much with the carnivore is I had this release of a, another layer of brain fog that I like to call EQ brain fog. So are you familiar with the EQ, but? You know what? I'm not. So keep, I, I, I'm fascinated by this. EQ. So there's IQ and there's EQ. So EQ is the emotional intelligence that we have in our brain. Oh, okay. I didn't know you were going that direction. (laughs) Got it. Okay. Keep going. That's right. So when I started carnivore, this whole nother fog lifted up and now I'm in touch with my emotions. Does that make me crazy? No. It makes me human. We have emotions. We need to use them to our advantage. So when you have emotion, you can take your passion, you can drive it into a book. I can't watch TV anymore, Bet. It's boring. I love to read a book because I can take, I can put myself into the, I don't know, the eyes of the author, I guess, and just read and dig deep. And the beautiful thing is now, 
I don't need to read that book 50,000 times. I can read it once and absorb it. It's amazing. Yeah, I think that's huge. And I think you've hit on something that look at like now all of a sudden things that you used to do, you just don't even want to do them anymore. You don't want to sit in, in front of the TV for you know, hours on end, you'd rather be reading that book. And you're actually, the brain fogs reduced so much that you actually are absorbing it and want to read it. Whereas before it was just kind of like in one ear out the other. Right. I mean, I think that's, that's huge. It's elevated my career. So my, my project management skills are, yeah, like my task management is just like crazy. So if I want to learn something, I sometimes feel like I'm in the matrix. I can just download and learn it, and then I know it. And that's just amazing to me to be able to do that type of stuff. Another great person that people should get into that I'm recently getting into is uh, Ben Greenfield. Do you know him, Ben? Yes, I do. I do follow his stuff. Yeah, so he's he's pretty uh, intuitive as well, and I see why it is. And so these it's important to go back. So if I look back, I wanted to always be like these people. I couldn't because I didn't have the tools. I had all this brain fog. I just had so much confusion that I just didn't know how I could ever be at that point. If you were to talk to me two years ago and tell me I'm going to be where I am today, I would, I would say you're crazy. There's no way I'm continuing on this journey. It leads me to my next daughter. I repeated history again, Beth. So I didn't listen to my wife yet again, who told me there's something wrong with her oldest. And everybody around me is telling me that she's autistic. And I, of course, being a father, I didn't want to believe it. Turns out she is autistic. And recently I've just come to terms to accept that. And she's become another one of my wives. So much like a guest that you've had, and he's also a moderator in your forums, Billy Flanagan. My daughter is super important to me, Kailani. She's my oldest. So she's also a why I continue on my health journey to figure out what is going on. Will I be able to fix anything with her? I don't know that, but I won't give up hope at all. I think diet is huge into that. And once we get there, you know, we'll learn more. But I, I certainly, I don't give up hope. I don't give up my passion to my daughters. And then here's another thing, Bet, with family. Talk about family. I'll go real quick. My mom, uh, COVID, of course, last year, she lost her job. And I got her into fasting. Primarily, I got her into fasting because she didn't have a whole lot of money. And I got her into OMAD. Well, it turns out it actually turned out to be better because she's dropped over 75 pounds. She went from a size 16, 18 pants to a size four. And after 50 years, so 50 years of being a guinea pig in the medical system, in the psychiatric system, on psych meds, on antidepressants, she's off of all of her meds. Why? Because of fasting and eating properly. And all I did is I've coached her every week. I tell her what she, what to eat. You know, I help her with her fasting and her mind is amazing. 
Um, she still has psych issues today, of course, but much better than what it was. My father-in-law, he also started fasting. I would say six months ago, he's dropped about 40 pounds. My dad just recently, so this is about a week and a half ago, he was not really adamant on fasting. I went up there, stayed with him at Easter Bet, and he was blown away at the changes that I made. And he, he, he's fasting now. He's already dropped a bunch of weight. He's excited. And I told him, I said, if you start fasting, you lose a bunch of weight. I gave him a bit of a dream to go with. So in September, he and I are going to go on a pretty big hunting trip up north because that's what he's always wanted to do. So that gives him motivation, right? And it's huge. Yes, it's huge. Well, and there is this this feeling with a lot of people out there Mm -hmm. that when we say we're prioritizing our our health, that it goes against um, putting others first. It goes against, it's, it's being me, me, me. It's being selfish. And what your story and so many others, I would say every one of my guests shows is that that is not true. When you prioritize your health, that means you are prioritizing others too. You're prioritizing their future. You're prioritizing your future. You're helping assure that the things in your power, yes, there are health things that are out of our control. There are health things that that come to us even when we are healthy, sure. But you are saying I am prioritizing my daughters. I'm prioritizing my wife. I'm helping my dad, my my mom. I am not being selfish by prioritizing my health. In 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 my, my health. In fact, the exact opposite. And I think that's where I'm so done. I, I'm so over this this dialogue of prioritizing your health, being selfish. And I hate it. I hate that you guys have to listen to me over and over, hit this, this, this drum, but it's because it's so pervasive. And I especially see it, maybe not as much, and I hate to make it a gender thing, but I see it with moms like you wouldn't believe. They think, that if they at all prioritize their health, that they're not being uh, a good mom, they're not being a good wife, that they're, um, maybe they're religious, they're not being a good Christian, and because that means they're not sacrificing their life for others. And I'm saying, no, I think you can be even better in all of those areas, and you can give back more. And you even referenced your career. I mean, I, the, the list is endless. And so I really, really appreciate those examples. Um, before we we go into and, and kind of close, I would like you to share. So so prior to your health journey and, and healing all these things, you were on a lot of different medications at different times. Are you on any medications today? So I can proudly say I'm not on a single thing of medication. And I also don't take any supplements with the exception of essential oils. So essential oils, there's actually a company called Vibrant Blue Oils, Jody Cohen. People should look her up. I call her the goddess of essential oils. And 
it's amazing because I use her parasympathetic nerve blend that I actually heard from Ben Greenfield. It's essentially clove and lime. And I put it on my vagus nerve and it resets the operating system of my nerves. And it really helps me a ton with my anxiety. When I first got it, I'd have to apply it like 10 times a day. Now I apply it like two to three times a week. And it's it's made a massive difference. The only supplement that I take today, so I will back up a little bit on that, is magnesium. And I take magnesium mm-hmm. on occasion when I feel like a little bit fatigued or I just don't, I feel something is off. So here's one interesting thing that recently happened is I reintroduced Greek yogurt, so Greek plain yogurt back in my diet. And my magnesium was just way off and I just got miserable. It was just crazy. And I actually started gaining weight that I was like, what is going on? And I used some amazing people that I talked to in this space and they actually coached me through it. So yeah, being where I'm at, I still need coaching. 100%. That's why we have to use our peers. Like groups like yours, Bet, are amazing. There's amazing people in that space. Yourself, right? Uh, There's people that come to me. Great. If people want to come to me, sure. I don't charge anything. I'm happy to help. The only thing that I require from people is dedication to themselves. That's it. But if people come to me and they keep coming with the same question over and over and over and they don't do anything about it and I, they don't take my advice, then I'm not going to bother because it's just, it's kind of a waste of my time. I only have so much time. I'm a father to two kids. I work full time. You know, I still have a bit of a life here. And that's why I give, I want to give like this. I just want to give back. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So let's also talk really quickly on, um, NSVs. So we've talked about obviously the weight and I mean, your substantial kind of body composition change. What about, um, some of the other things you saw healed on your health journey that we like to call in the fasting community, non-scale victories? Yeah, sure. So, uh, one big thing I guess is, uh, (laughs) my doctor also wanted to put me on thyroxine. So, cause he said I had hypothyroid. And of course, I said no. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it's it's all corrected. All my thyroid hormones are 100% normal. Is that going to happen for everybody? No, of course it won't. But it certainly happened to me. Typically for men, thyroid doesn't happen like that. Skin tags, all my skin tags are gone. In fact, I have some moles that are still coming off. I have one mole on my neck that is kind of coming off. It's really weird. Um, other things, plantar fasciitis. So my feet used to be really, really sore all the time. Not anymore. They're not. In fact, I started running and I didn't do a couch to 5K like everybody says. I just started running. I can run now. It's amazing. I don't have any joint pain. All my joint pain is gone. Like it's eliminated. I had dandruff so bad I could make it snow. That's how bad it was. My eyebrows, they had eczema. Gone. I had psoriasis gone. Um, My feet, they would get really bad, like horrible dry cracked heels to the point where it felt like you just had a really bad paper cut on your heels. No more. My feet are smooth. They're great. In fact, here's another cool one. So I recently got myself a nice little toy, a Garmin Phoenix 5 Plus. 
and my VO2 max says I'm the age of 29. So my cardiovascular wow. is through the absolute roof. And it's amazing. I'm in better shape now than I was when I was in the military. And I'm 41. I was 18 then. So figure that out. Wow. I, those, to me, I love that you're highlighting all of these because I've had different guests share about their plantar fasciitis or their inflammation uh, or their skin tags. But I think what all of yours, all of these things that you had, so many people out there are suffering with them and they've just kind of accepted that that they're just going to have it. Like it's just normal. And like Keith so wisely said, it's not that everyone's going to get healed from these if they fast. However, there are a lot of people <laughs> that say, I my, all my skin tags fell off. All of a sudden, I don't have the eczema I had. I can't believe how much I hear that one. The dry skin. Um, so, and and when you look at people's pictures, like if they do a face to face, have you ever noticed how their skin looks better? <laughs> it yeah. just looks better. There is a there is a I I don't know if it's downside or what you call it, but uh, loose skin. So I do yes. I will say, and I know you've talked about it before, but I do have some loose skin. And you know what? I'll pick loose skin any day over 100 pounds of fat. Any day. Amen. Yeah. Am yeah. I, I striving to have abs one day? I was, but honestly now, probably not. Because I just, it, that's a lot of work. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. I don't know today if I want to get down to that road, but I don't know. So it brings me up to the next thing. I'm in a challenge right now, Bet. Yeah, I want to hear about this. Yeah, so I did a Bod Pod challenge at a really fancy resort. Anyway, Bod Pod is just like a DEXA scan. And I did that just for my own thing to see where my body fat was at because I'm getting tired of the scale. In fact, I want to have a scale smashing party. I think we should do that. Everybody, everybody <laughs> I love get that. your scale and smash it with a hammer because I really want to do that. My Bod Pod, essentially the Bod Pod, it's an air displacement. It measures your... Uh, body composition. My fat was, I think it's either 22.6 or 22.8%. So my goal, so May 4th, which is coming up in less than three weeks, is to be under 20%. So that gave me 48 days to drop 2.8% body fat, which is a high. Yeah, of course it is. Um, if I'm 1% or below, then I'm like super static. I think that I'll be able to accomplish that for sure because since that time, I'm already down five pounds. So that to me is huge. So five pounds, if you base it on the weight and base it on the fat, if most of that is fat, which I'm hoping it is because I lose like half a pound, two pound a week, I think that's important to look at your weight loss because I think the numbers out there bet for the theoretical weight loss of fat is 0.8 pounds per day. And that's a Dr. Fung statement, I believe, in the obesity code. So if you're like, oh, I'm losing all this weight. I lost 10 pounds in a week. Chances are that's not all fat. It's going to be water, too. Here's something funny as well, Bet, that I'll tell you. So when I had the Greek yogurt and I said I gained weight, well, I did. But I actually, because I cut it out two days ago, so it takes a few days to get rid of, I'm already back down to my weight. So it's like, oh, okay. So in one day, I dropped five pounds. So that's water weight. So it's very common. And one thing to tell people, 
people will always say, oh, how much do you weigh, Keith? Well, today I'll say, well, I'm 185 to 190 pounds. I don't have a single weight. There's no such thing. It just doesn't happen. So you're going to have a set weight. And that's one thing that people should know is when people, when I post sometimes in my Facebook, I'll say, yeah, I'm this weight. Well, that's my lowest set weight, of course, because that's, yeah. that's, yeah. that's the thing, the ego, right? Ego we have to keep in check. So it's back to your thing a few minutes ago when you said, are we selfish when we focus on our own health? You can be. So that that's where you got to be careful is you can be if you don't focus on the right things. If you let your ego get into check, that can be dangerous for sure. Mm-hmm. But for most of us, and here's another thing that's really improved for me, Bet, is my spiritual awareness with God. I consider myself a Christian as well. Has never been so strong in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I love that because I think that so many people. I I really I really am glad you said what you said that. Yes, health can be selfish or or pursuing certain things can be vain or mm-hmm. and if you don't keep your ego in check, but it also can be unselfish and there also can be benefits to your uh to your faith and to your uh family and to the giving back. So I think that's that's so amazing. I also loved your comment about uh, weight because I think that if we could all get in that habit of saying this is our range, I think that's a really healthier perspective because like you said, there are, I'm going to do an episode just on this because like you said, people get so bothered when they weigh themselves and they're up like two pounds. Mm-hmm. Well, Two pounds could be uh, water weight. It could be the amount of when you ate that food. It could be have you digested it yet. It could be, um, you know, something causing inflammation. I, I, like you, when I have dairy, I eat dairy, so I'm not dairy-free at all. But the more dairy I eat, the more I inflamed I am. Mm-hmm. So it does hold on to more weight. And like so many people, they'll, they'll be like, I gained five pounds in a day. No, you didn't gain five pounds of fat in a day. Now you might have some water weight, but watch your trends over time. And it's really, I, I do like your idea of a scale smashing party. I, I will say I use a scale. I think it's a tool, but for some people, it's a real uh, negative tool. And I think maybe your thought process around, hey, this is my range in weight. This isn't, you know, I don't, none of us have really truly a set weight. And I really appreciate you highlighting that. And one, um, thing, one, thing, one thing to add, the heavier you are, the bigger your set weight range will be. So for example, when I was, bigger when I was 287 pounds, my set weight range was like 10 to 12 pounds. Mm. So that's huge to know. So the more you lose, the shorter that gets. And depending on your height, depending on your issues, my set range is about five to six pounds. So if I know that I'm above that, that's when I know I'm in the uh uh-oh range. I got to do, what am I doing that's different? So if I get below that set range, which right now, 180, 185, I did hit it once. So I know that I'm on the right track. And I did that about two weeks ago. 
So then I'm back to the top of my set range. That's okay. Now I'm already back down. I don't need these fancy scales to give me a color and say, oh, you're doing good. Because I know in my head that I'm doing good. Weigh yourself once yep. a week. But for myself, I do. I, I, I will say that I do weigh myself every day because I'm a numbers guy. And I plug it into yeah. an app and I look at it and I like to know where I'm at. And that's just what I do. I guess it's part of my job is I analyze stuff. I constantly analyze what I'm doing. Uh, for example, today, I'm doing an OMAD approach. So one meal today, yesterday, and like five days before that was two meals. But I'm doing OMAD today because I feel like it. I want to. But yeah, yeah. Dairy, dairy is a huge thing. It's not going to cause your, your weight gain, but it will cause you to hold a ton of water. And that's just what it does for some people. Like you said, that you can have it, it doesn't affect you as bad. But one person told me with dairy, treat it like a condiment. Don't treat it like a food. I think that's huge. And, and you know, another topic for another day. But <laughs> yeah. I think that's why, to be honest, a lot of uh, people who have poor success on a low carb diet or car or I guess not carnivore, right? Like a, a keto type diet. I believe the reason they're not being successful is that if you ask them what they're eating, like we've talked about on this podcast numerous times, they're probably mostly eating dairy and nuts versus and like keto type snacky foods yeah. and packaged foods versus whole foods, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the people that are often successful are eating more meat, uh, low-carb vegetables, if if that's part of their diet. And dairy and nuts are a very small component. And, you know, it's ironic. I was just in Arizona last week for a family vacation. And we're staying at a house. And um, I didn't uh, have access to like my pantry, right? So I didn't have nuts uh, barely available to me. I didn't have like my cheese drawer, and I um, I didn't have you know I didn't have some of those things that quote unquote are healthy within reason. But I tend to overdo them, as I've shared on this podcast numerous times. You know, I I don't just have a couple pecans. I want like a, a huge handful and maybe I want to go back again, you know? So ironically, I was really lax on vacation. I was really relaxed. I rested. I really wasn't overly measuring my fasts. I, I took it real easy. And ironically, the day I, after I came back, I had only gained a half pound, but then yesterday I weighed myself, Keith. Yeah. And I'm the lowest I have been like I, I, and so yeah. it's just interesting how, um, dairy I do think is problematic for a lot of people and a lot of us overdo it and it's so good. It's so delicious. There's a reason that babies drink it all the time to gain weight and grow. Like it does a really good job of, um, of, of that. Right. <laughs> but we are, we're no longer baby mammals needing to yeah. put on weight. Or Dr. At least most of yeah, Dr. Ken Berry, I believe calls uh, milk, the breast milk of death. If it's under 3.5%. So <laughs> the breast milk of death. I, you know what, that is my favorite thing about Dr. Ken Berry is that 
he can just like say really like blunt kind of shocking things or at times but they I like I laughed so much interviewing him not because I'm laughing at him like He's just so funny and he has such a, a hilarious way of like, you know, like when he was talking about beer yeah. and I think he said like, beer's just dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a teenager? I think is what he said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless you're some teenage college student, you just, you know, anyways, makes me, makes me laugh. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed that, that episode. He's, he cracks me up, but he has so many good good one-liners. Well, Keith, I could chat with you all day. I have learned so much. I know our listeners have too. And I really appreciate your time. It truly is the greatest gift you can give the world. We have a limited amount of it on this earth and you have given us your time, your wisdom, your experience, and vulnerably shared your journey. To come to a close, as you know, I've I love asking our listeners what their bold advice is for everybody. And I know you've shared a lot of bold advice, but what last piece of bold advice would you like to share the list with the listeners today? The last piece of advice that I'm going to tell people is always listen to your gut. You know, we our, our real brain is not in our head. Our real brain is from our gut. And our brain, our brain is actually controlled from the gut. So start listening to your gut instinct. You know, in school, when they say, stop changing your answer, always listen to your gut. That's true. Always listen to your gut. So even if everybody around you says, no, this is the answer, this is the answer. No, you you really have to look deep within yourself and go like as deep as you possibly can without sounding too much like a lunatic. But you have to talk to what I call my upper self. My upper self will typically have the answers, which for myself comes from God. And that's where our gut answers come from. And my gut told me July 28, 2019 to fast. And that was my answer. And for those people listening that you don't know anything about fasting, get out there and start fasting. One book that I didn't also bring up, I have to, I just have to tell you that he is the Einstein of insulin. Dr. Benjamin Bickman, he wrote this book called Why We Get Sick. I believe he's also friends with Dr. Ken Berry. Amazing. I believe it's episode 74 with Melanie Avalon. You've got to listen to that podcast. But, oh, I will check that out. That would be awesome. Yes. So to your listeners, my big, bold move, listen to your gut. Even if you think, oh, that's not right, get into that uncomfortable zone and just follow it. If you think, oh, that ain't right because that person's going to think this, well, too bad. I was told on my journey by people that I love, I was anorexic because of what I was doing, which was crazy. But I believed in what I was doing, and I push, and I'm super successful. And that's, to me, what is amazing. I don't have a six-pack app today, but that's okay. I don't need to have that. I have my health. I know that I'll be able to help my daughters now. And that's what half this battle is about. 
you know, we have a one, I believe the number is one in 400 trillion chance of being alive. So you know what? If life took a chance on us and making us be born, we really got to take a chance on life. Amen. I love that, Keith. Keith, I know people may want to follow your continued journey, maybe follow some of the challenges that you do. Where is the best way for people to connect with you on social media? The best way, so there's two ways right now. So right now, well, there's multiple ways. I, I am in your group that I don't post a ton. I'm also a moderator in Graham Curry's uh, group, The Fasting Highway. I kind of slowed down a little bit on my posting there just because, you know, with Facebook and their recent changes, um, people can find me on Instagram right now. My nickname there is, I call myself the dynamic shifter. And I do that because I find that I'm constantly in a shift. I don't like static data. I think in today's society, with the amount of technology that we have, the amount of information that we have, that if you're static, you're probably not doing the right thing. You can't just say, oh, well, I've done this for 50 years. Well, it doesn't mean it's right. So that's why I call myself a dynamic shifter, because it's very important to constantly change. You guys will see hiking photos of me there that I do often. Uh, different Look at my Instagram stories, because I don't like my posts too much, because posts are static. Instagram stories, they last for 24 hours, but that's where you can find me. But the Fasting Highway, I will go there. I will also make a note. This is for you, Bat. I'll say this publicly. I will make a note to start some more posts in your group. So people will see that there as well. Great. We would love that. Well, I hope you go find uh, Keith on Instagram. I love the reasoning behind your name on there. I think that's fantastic. And I hope we are all dynamic shifters. And um, you can find Keith in Motivate with My Betty Lou. You can find him on the in the Fasting Highway Facebook group, which is a fabulous group led by my friend Graham Curry, who's been a guest on the show. I've actually been on his podcast, and so is Keith. And Keith, I just want to thank you for your time. What a wonderful, wonderful episode. And uh, I wish you all the best and your family the best, and have a lovely rest of your day. Thank you, Pat. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to write a review and push that subscribe button. I also hope you will come hang out with me on Instagram, Facebook, and my new website, betlucas.com. And remember, friends, be you boldly. The world needs you. You.